This episode is brought to you by DungeonNotebook.com, makers of the Tome of Delving, a hardcover notebook for keeping track of your 5th edition character. It has a place for your stats, your spells, your familiars, your inventory, all the essential things that each class needs, plus plenty of room to write down your adventure. The book comes in an awesome dust jacket and even has a ribbon bookmark so you don't lose your place. During the month of November, 2020 that is, there's actually a discount code going on. If you go to DungeonNotebook.com and put in the code DC5, you'll get $5 off your purchase for the Tome of Delving. Go to DungeonNotebook.com and upgrade your character sheet today. What's up and welcome to Difficulty Class, a show where we gather around this podcast table in your ears and talk about some Dungeons and Dragons. Each week, we, or a listener like you, writing into difficultyclass at gmail.com, come up with a topic, question, encounter, or anything else somehow related to RPGs, and we have some fun talking about them. I'm one of your hosts, Trevor Bettis, and with me this week is Lee Goldberg from Griddle Champions and DanCakes.com. How's it going? Uh, it's going very well. Hello. Hello. Hello, Fancakes. Uh, if you're listening. <laughs> Hey, there you go. I know. I, like I really enjoy that we have a, a a name for the people that watch our show. <laughs> That's fantastic. yeah. We we still don't have that, listeners. If you want to be called something, let me know because I don't know what to call you. I just call you listeners. Um. So yeah, Lee, uh, how's it going? You, you you're here. We've been talking about this for a little while now. Uh, it's going really well. Um. You know, I'm, I'm real I'm world already, aside. I'm hmm? <laughs> real world. Yeah, aside. real world aside for sure. Um. We're definitely recording this on an interesting day, but yeah, uh, uh, it's just the, yeah. yeah be, be, peeking behind the curtain a little bit, we're recording this the day after election day, so it, it, it's a day. <laughs> it's yeah. an interesting day. This is a break from it. We're not even going to talk about it anymore. We're just going to talk about some some good old stuff. Um, but yeah, uh, why don't you tell us who who you are, what you do? Uh, I am a professional pancake artist. With a penchant for monsters and demons and everything Dungeons and Dragons and TTRPG in general. Um, so uh, when Eric Premi Jordan came to me and said that they wanted to do a show for uh, Idle Champions CNE Games, um, it's basically the most my wheelhouse thing I've probably ever done. Like, <laughs> oh yeah, so we're just gonna do all of our our champions. Uh, monsters items and it's like mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. there's not there's not too many people where that many of your loves and interests get to line up in that way I know. <laughs> it's really cool um, <laughs> it's it's but, awesome because i love to cook too I mean, that's how i came into uh pancake art in general mm-hmm. yeah I, actually i wanted to ask like how did you get into that like what what how did you start with pancake art um, I wanted to ask a YouTuber, like YouTubers that have been doing this for years, like how how do you start into that? Uh, yeah, well, I, um, you know, full disclosure, I got sober six years ago, mm-hmm. and I went to a treatment facility to to start my journey. And when I got there, you know, part of my thing was that I really wanted to change my life because it. I mean, I was almost thirty at the time, and. I like didn't exist on paper. Like I had no car, I had no lease. I had no, like I had nothing that was me in the world. Mm-hmm. I just kind of floated from place to place just trying to survive. Uh, so I, I really went into um, recovery 
wanting to change my life and, and turning it around. So when I got there, you know, I put my head down and did everything I was asked and then some and all of that. So, you know, I've been cooking uh, for fun with my dad since I was like four. So, mm-hmm. you know, when I was doing stuff to open the facility and I was working in the kitchen just to kind of make sandwiches for the people that went to work, all those kind of things. I was bored with the rest of my day other than like meetings and classwork stuff that I was just like, Hey, I know how to use a knife if you need prep help. And so, you know, they could just give me things to do and not have to watch how my knife skills were and things like that. So I just, I took to it and then a position opened up and I became a cook at the, the facility where I've actually worked. For oh, six wow. Years now. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's amazing. Mm hmm. And one of the things that we do on weekends where normally it's like breakfast, lunch, and dinner weekends, it's brunch and dinner. So I make everything, sausage, hash browns, bacon, eggs, uh, pancakes. (laughs) (laughs) Luckily I just ate before we jumped on here. But, uh, but so when every, when it's like that and you've got a mealtime between X and Y almost everyone comes in right at the beginning. You've got a line of people and you're just cooking, 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 cooking. And then people kind of trickle in slowly for that last half hour. And I would, you know, I'd bore easily and I was a little bit creative. So people, especially if someone ordered sunny side up eggs, those just look like eyeballs to me. So I'd get (laughs) like sausage patties, bacon, hash browns, and I'd make faces on their plate and then give it to them. And I had this uh, resident that was helping me serve brunch one day. And he said, dude, have you ever heard of pancake art? It seems like you'd really think it'd be cool. And I hadn't. So I went on YouTube and, and people do it. Like I'm not, yeah. I didn't discover pancake art. Uh, I'm one of the better pancake artists, but partly mm-hmm. because I've always thought if you want to be one of the 10 best at something, do something only 10 people are doing. Uh, <laughs> there's more than that, I'm sure. But like Dan Cakes, the company that I work for, we are like, like if you see videos online, look for the that little shield with the microphone and the spatula emblem. We're partly just because we're all characters too. Like it's not just like, a, oh, I made this pancake art. Check it out. It's, we have personality, we joke around, mm-hmm. we have fun, uh, our live streams are really fun. What's super fun, is, like, if it's a 2D animation kind of simple, you know, yeah. not a whole lot of color goes in, uh, you can tell while you're making it, like, this is going to be good or not yeah. good, but you can tell what it is. But when I'm doing like a portrait or something that just has a little bit more intricate detail where I have to color blend and things like that. If you're watching me make that, I'm just putting like a blob of thing here, a thing there like that. And so prior to the flip, you're just sitting there sometimes like, ah, that's, I don't, and then why did you cover it? And then I flip it and it's the image. (laughs) There's times where I'm as surprised as the person looking. (laughs) I think I did, I did a Slimer pancake once. Like I, it was a flip of a coin. I was like, "This is either like one of my best ones I had done ever, or (laughs) I am about to flip over a green monstrosity." 
and it was pretty good. It- well, it was Ghostbusters, so you already had a nine out of ten for me. Because I, if it's Ghostbusters, I'm easily entertained by it. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. Pancake um, art is a forgiving medium too, so it's it's kind of it's nice that you can you have to let yourself yeah not be. Our motto is mistakes are delicious. So I love that. That's so that's so Bob Rossian. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so, so how'd you, uh, so you, you found out about the pancake art. How'd you get involved with Dan Cakes? That's Dan Cakes, so, right? I said that right. Dan Cakes. Yeah. It's okay. Dr. Dan Cakes on our socials, uh, dancakes.com. Okay. You can look at all of our stuff, find out about our streams, things like that. I'm trying to yeah. get a little more involved with Dan Cakes proper. Um, but they're in St. Louis. I'm in Phoenix and it's just, oh, yep. Yeah. So when I was making the pancake art stuff in the very beginning, I, I didn't even have any of the tools and stuff. I just, when I saw those videos, I thought, I want to try that. And I had a vat of pancake batter for 60 people. <laughs> so when I was done, I just, I took one of the giant coffee filters that we do our coffee in. And I just oh. threw pancake batter in that, like a piping bag, poked a hole and just started drawing on my flat top. <laughs> and you know i had seen that they use a bunch of colors and i didn't have anything like that but i had some ingenuity and i put uh, cinnamon in a small batch and then nothing in another batch now i had two colors um yeah so and then i had tried as the cook in me i was like okay color mixing i can do that i'll do some cayenne or paprika and try to get <laughs> these other things but Cooking on a flat top with seasoning to make colors yep. and to get any kind of color like that, you have to put a lot in. It just mm-hmm. didn't really work. But I, I had found the first thing since I had gotten sober that was totally separate from recovery. You know, it had nothing to do with like going to any meetings, reading any books, you know, it was just a total separate thing, but a thing that I had never done while I was using. So mm-hmm. it's like, this is something that is so new and alien to me that I never would have come across if I yeah. was living the lifestyle I was living. So I kind of, I think that maybe helped me connect to it more because it was sort of analogous with my recovery in general, because I started with nothing. I started with coffee filters and batter, and I had to just kind of work and work to get better, to put in my 10,000 hours to, um, you know, buy, you know, save money so I could buy my own kind of portable griddle and get squeeze tubes and colors. And I reached out to anyone on Instagram that was doing it like, Hey, I'm having a blast with this. I want to get better. What are some, you have any pointers like that? And pretty much the only people that, um, replied to me was Dan Cakes, mm. uh, which was crazy because they are the ones that were, while I was getting sober, their company was getting built because wow. Dan Drake, Dan Cakes, yeah, uh, he made um, a one-up mushroom. Like he was working at a diner and also using, you know, nowhere near what we use now, like the tools we yeah. use, but just that kind of the next person that comes into this restaurant I'm going to do a face. And then the person tipped him $15 for it. And he was like, Hmm. (laughs) Um, So he did like a one up mushroom and someone was like, I'm going to take a picture. And it went viral and he got invited to do the today show. I feel like I remember seeing that picture. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, like okay, okay, yeah. So he, I think it was twenty fourteen, well, either twenty thirteen, mm-hmm. fourteen, or fifteen. They went to, uh, they were he was flown to New York to do the Today Show, and he had a friend named Hank Gustafson, and he's like, dude, uh, so. I'm like, what do I do? They invited me to do this show. And he's like, I'll go with you and we'll figure it out. And so they did the show, came back, and people were like, do you do parties? And so they were basically just like, uh, yes. Oh, my so gosh. Dan Cakes was born. And wow. they, they came back to me. And Dan, because like, when we do it, we have to go backwards and upside yeah. down when we're doing it. So if I need to flip the image, I'll flip it ahead of time. Uh, writing, I can write well backwards, but if I have to do a font, I'll flip the image. Dan's no problem. This, oh, I can write that the same way backwards. It's really impressive. But uh, he gave me ideas on how to work on color work and how to, you know, hit certain features to make sure you put like a drop of like plain batter into eyes because it's the shine of the eye, which brings life to a drawing. Mm -hmm. Um, And then eventually they just started growing and I was invited to be an apprentice artist for them. And, you know, difficult being so many miles away. And especially now that travel is there is none. Um, So, so a lot of the stuff that I do has to sort of be, away from and it's just a lot of practice uh for for you know at when i was doing stuff on my own but i did fly out to a few events like you did the d23 uh like just like a disney um oh yeah huge especially because of star wars and uh marvel it's basically like disney con Uh and dan's doing his thing and it's like the one of the first things i ever did for the company and so i'm just there while he's on stage doing a show and I'm just kind of like, okay, if he needs to have his blue mixed, I'll make more blue and things like that. <laughs> and after our first show, um, this lady who is our handler, because this is our life now. We have handlers. <laughs> handlers uh, yeah. She comes up and goes, do you want to be on microphone for the next show? And I was like, yeah. Okay. Oh, my gosh. So, but the thing is, I mean, I am, you can tell by the probably the speed of my conversation and the volume of it, I'm, I'm an extrovert to the max. So I can just draw on the energy of a good conversation. And um, my personality is kind of malleable to be, um, to fit. Mm-hmm. I, I just, I can get along pretty quickly and easily with people. So, I mean, I had met Dan a few other times, but this is like, okay, this is a big deal now. Mm-hmm. And, just riffing off of each other and having a great time. And like one of the craziest things was I'm out having a, a break between shows and this couple comes up to me. He's like, Oh my God, you were the pancake guys. I was like, yeah. I was like, can we get a picture with you? And I, oh and I, just, I, just like, was, I mean, you know, I, I was me at the time. So I'm just sitting there kind of like, I, yeah. So I was like, yeah, no, no. That's Dan. Dan was the guy that you want. He was doing the pancakes. I was just the joker mm-hmm. next to him. No, I know. You were hilarious. Oh, my you gosh. Um, so it was just a freaking blast. And, and that was just so surreal. And then um, so where it kind of goes to the D&D aspect 
of mm-hmm. like why 80% of what I do has a D&D fill, <laughs> or at least something mm-hmm. closely related, is um, so when I was in the dark times, uh, there was this podcast called Nerd Poker. And oh, yeah, yeah, uh, Brian Poussaint. Yeah, yep. Brian Poussaint, Ken Daly, uh, Blaine Patch, and uh, Sarah Gazzardo, and uh, God, they always just call him Sark, so Sark. Um, <laughs> and so so they had this show and it was i think it was 3.5 they were playing yeah i think back back then it was 3.5 or pathfinder maybe i don't remember but yeah, yeah same difference <laughs> yeah i mean they called it D. but yeah. either way i really wasn't connecting to the D aspect as much as hey this comedian i like is telling a fantasy story that's interactive and it's a game with their friend had and you I got not done, played or done D&D before I that? Had no, I didn't play my really? first D&D game until I was 30. Wow. Mm-hmm. Well, also because I really wasn't uh, in any kind of sane headspace until I was 30. I, no, no, no. Yeah, I started I, life I, over. I, I, I if I had done it, it earlier, it might have helped me cope with a lot of trauma. But uh, um, I mean, first off, congratulations on getting sober. Like, that already is an amazing story in its own and what you're telling me right now is incredible and so i i love so brian brian persane's uh podcast nerd program that was helping you was that was, during recovery it, yeah. no actually at first when their first iteration of their show it was the like the thread of sanity that i kind of held on okay. to because everything around me was just i mean i, I was just depressed miserable mm-hmm. um that kind of thing where i wasn't like I wasn't thinking of self-harm kind of stuff, but I was in that mindset of like, I'm going to make it to 30 because it's right around the corner, but there's no way I'll hit 40. And I kind of resigned to that fact, which looking back on is just terrifying. Yeah. But it was the thing that I was like, I would use, put my headphones on and escape from everyone else and just listen to the podcast. Smash cut years later, I have gotten sober. I've already started doing pancake art. I was talking with Dan. I wasn't yet a part of Dan Cakes proper, mm-hmm. uh, I don't think. But one of the things that I had needed to practice was portraits and faces, which I still need to practice because it's very, um, it's really easy to make a really cool face, but if you flip the pancake and someone looks at it and doesn't go, oh, that's this person, then your head is like, this is a bad pancake. And like, what are you talking about? It's like, it's amazing. But I mean, I'm a little biased, but I thought mine was great. <laughs> yeah, and, and and it's that that kind of the artists are our own worst critics. I both love oh, yeah. and hate yours at the same time because I just, I see the things I like and I see the things I can pick apart. So when oh, you yeah. do portraits, it gives you a little bit more of a like, this is me on the line. Um, mm-hmm. So I needed to practice a lot. And Nerd Poker had come back, and now Dan Telfer was DMing it. Uh, but it was uh, the same cast. Sarah would come back later to rejoin. Like She's in it now. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was now like clear-headed and sober. Yeah. And there's this thing that I remember loving. And now I think they were fifth edition when they came mm-hmm. back and it was great. And I loved it and I need to practice faces. So why not 
Dan, Ken, Blaine, and and uh, Brian. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, my uh, fiance at the time, girlfriend, was saying like, you should, you need to do Instagram and Twitter mm-hmm. because yep. you've got you've got an art form to show people. You got to get it out there. So tying that all together, I started doing that, and I posted and tagged. And uh, they all they all liked it. Uh, some followed, um, and uh, Ken Daly actually, um, you know, I, t- I DM'd with him a little bit just to be like, hey, I love you guys' shows and that. Yeah. And he, so he informed me that, and th- every time it's just so weird to say, but he informed me that they had their Patreon would have special episodes. They still do. But they had special episodes that they would put out on Patreon. So like their podcast, you listen to it. Patreon, mm-hmm. you get like special guests. And the first one that they had on there was Joe Manganello, who everyone knows. Yeah. Yeah. Huge D&D. And at some point during his episode, uh, someone says like, yeah, we'll show him our, our, our poker face. And then someone said, yeah, our nerd poker face. And then you can kind of hear in the background as depicted in pancakes and like what and then ken daly says as depicted in pancakes and then it starts this like oh yeah one of our viewers made our faces in pancakes so i mean if you go back to uh the patreon episode there is them showing freaking al seed from true blood oh Uh, my god my instagram these dan telfers like there's oh look at that little boy on his daddy's tummy because I took a picture and I made a picture yeah. of a pancake of me on my dad and so I'm sitting there like what the <laughs> you know and then you um, can you can swear on this show it's okay get get a get a full what the fuck out there because oh my god <laughs> look I have a 15 month old son I'm trying <laughs> as best as I can not to let him fly that's fair it's but fucking like, hard yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> But yeah, I, I freak out enough. I freaked out enough when Joe Manganiello like liked one of my tweets. I was, you know, I like, I was yeah. texting everyone. I'm like, I can die now. Oh my god, what is happening? That's amazing, dude. Yeah. So I had a fr- I, he DM'd me about like saw these things is really cool, oh and then god. he's like, he's like, so you play D and D? He's like, ah, oh, not really. I just I'm getting into, like, well, you need to watch Force Gray. You need to watch Critical Role, Acquisitions Inc. And so like I'm looking at my DMs which I'm also new to because Twitter. And I'm like, you know what, Joe? Okay. <laughs> and so I did a really deep dive into the shows. I mean, I caught uh, Critical Roles in like 300 episodes almost at that point. <laughs> Starting from nothing, I got mm-hmm. caught up to before it was over. <laughs> the first oh my God. Thing. Well, because I'm also, my, my day job, I'm a cook. But by yep. myself in my kitchen, because I'm just cooking one meal for 60 people. So I would just have my headphones on and just. Okay. Yeah. So like 86% of my awake time, much to the chagrin of Ashley, uh, was critical role during that time. <laughs> and then, but I expanded that into seeing like, um, I mean, shoot, B. Dave, uh, who you know from. Yeah. <laughs> yes. But B. Dave Walters. <laughs> Is in everything. <laughs> so much content. He does. He's such a good role player and game player. Oh yeah. And um, 
as to the episode of Griddle Champions where I did a B-Day of Pancake, that was the 10th or 11 mm-hmm. either directly B-Dave Walter's pancake or based on a character from uh from like uh the the LA by night or the Star Trek freely yeah on. yeah freely well freely I didn't really, the the timing of that came because he's in grill idol champions yeah. now yeah so I've done a fair amount of freely content too but um and it's just so cool to do that stuff and so I got super into D&D at this point and um I actually reconnected with someone that was a really good friend of mine during uh when I worked at a restaurant during some bad times um and we reconnected and he and his friends were like hey yeah we also check out critical role and we are getting a game together so I jumped into oh, their wow. home game and so uh that's where Ryukin was born uh my monk that um I love it. I took so much time trying to figure out what my first character was going to be. Oh and yeah. Web DM uh, YouTube videos. I watched so many of those because they talk about the classes, the different subclasses and kind of like how you could RP them and all those mm-hmm. kind of things. Uh, Fruit and uh, Davis are friggin' awesome. And, um, and so I settled on, on a monk partly because my first time playing, I didn't really want to have to juggle spells and things like mm-hmm. that. And I love a quick, fast, agile fighter. Um, so I did that and I was like, okay, way of the fist. I played Street Fighter forever. So I made Ryuken Akuma, which is <laughs> straight up Ryuken Akuma. Um, I love it. I love and everything so I'm, about I'm it. I'm talking to my DM and I'm like, okay, well, yeah, so. Here's some ideas. I had also just been watching Bleach. So he had this kind of like darkness inside sort of a thing that certain aspects. In fact, one of the things that, you know, it's when we have discussions like, oh, what are triggers? What are this and that? What don't you want to play with? Um, One of the ones that I'm like, hey, I don't know if it was something you were thinking about or any of that, but um, major drug use or addiction as a plot point, like a thread uh i don't really want to uh to mess with so much in fact with my characters almost all of my characters kind of have a reason they don't partake but in this one if he did have any alcohol it um it flipped the switch to to like evil right evil right uh and, and so like you know, when they had already been playing, so they found my character already in a prison that they got thrown into and they met him. He was super nice. And it's like, yeah, they, you know, this really corrupt um, village. So obviously the, the crime that he's being accused of, like, there's no way this guy could have done it. Well, mm-hmm. the story ends up being that he did because he flipped that switch. Um, okay. But we're trying to think of like, okay, well, where's my guy from? Uh I don't know, man. Uh, TBD. We'll figure something else out. And then it ended up being he's from the Isle of Tibidi, um, <laughs> because I couldn't think of a name and I liked it. So the Island of To Be Determined. So, so um, that that was that was you getting that was the first D and D game that you had that you were in, ever played ever. Wow, mm-hmm. that's awesome. And and but so did 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 that kick up your interest in making more pancake art of D and D stuff? By yeah, being in that I, game? I mean, I dove into 
the uh, community aspect mm-hmm. on, on Twitter of just these really cool people and the people I was watching play and uh, the fan base around it and the fan art around it was super cool. And I was like, mm-hmm. well, I've got a fan art I could do. Uh, and and so I just started making pancakes and stuff like that. And you know, that just that concept of shoot your shot is I reached out to, uh, to wizards like, Hey, I do pancakes. Here are some I've done literally, uh, you know, this is just, if you ever want anything, let me know. Yeah. And so I was reached out to, and they were like, yeah, well here, do this like chibi, uh, um, illithid. Mindfully, mm-hmm. I don't know why I always illithid. I think I love that. Illithid's like, fine. We know what you it's mean. It's just everyone's like, "Oh, you're a mind flayer." It's like, yeah, but in a wicked. It's one of those musically nice words that roll off your yes, tongue. Yes, it rolls music. off the tongue. Yeah. So yeah. I did that, and I did. Uh, I did like one like art from books because the book art is so good. Oh yeah. Um, and um, and I yeah, so I just I did like beholders all that kind of stuff and then before mordekainen's came out mm-hmm. uh Foes, i was reached out to to like nathan uh stewart reached out to me he was like hey i'm gonna send you uh monsters from the manual that's coming or from the book that's coming out and we'll have you make a pancake of it and for the five weeks until it comes out we'll tease book art and your pancake art side by side, I which to this it. day, the GIF I made, which is also on my Instagram, uh, which mm. I, don't, I don't post on enough, but it's on there. <sighs> the side by side from Wizards of the GIF and my GIF, um, it's the cl- it's really good. I don't. Know, I'm gonna know, have to go find that one. It's really good. I feel like I I feel like I do remember seeing some of that. That area of time is a weird time for Trevor. Uh, but I vaguely remember seeing Pancake Arg on on Wizard. So that man, that, it's it's crazy to know that I've been seeing uh, your art or people you know's art for this long. That's awesome. Yeah, and 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 we got invited to do uh, the stream of many eyes, which was, yeah. and it's just it's crazy because you know the imposter syndrome of it all. Oh yeah, really took hold because it's like, hey, I have no business being here. <laughs> but <Yeah. laughs> it, it just, those are always the most fun times for the mind. <laughs> yeah, and it's like I love doing cons and I love doing events and things like that. People are like, oh, you should do a PAX or you should do a this, and I was like, you don't get it. Unless I'm invited and paid to be there, I can't afford to just go to these yeah. things, and I don't have a a product or a reason to promote anything unless it's like, Hey, we want entertainment for our fans, which yeah. at stream many eyes. They loved it. I mean, it was huge and it was just getting to make so many things like, and it's weird because I'm uh, in a lot more of like a, a friendly uh, mutual status with like Christine Ariel and, and D Dave mm-hmm. and just a lot of the people that were there. Um, but I hadn't been yet. So I met these people <laughs> and then <laughs> like years later, I'm like, ah, no, I didn't say what's up or any of that kind of stuff. Strike up the conversations that I would now. Uh, later I did, we did, you know, um, hang out a little more with Christina at TwitchCon. But, um, but yeah, now that everything's kind of uh, held over, I do hope, I really want to do a Griddle Champions now. 
Um, oh yeah. I think that that would be a lot of fun to do live, but um, <laughs> we'll see what happens when it happens. Yeah. You know, whenever, you know, whatever, whatever live means over the next couple of years, <laughs> but yeah. that'd be cool. That'd be cool as hell. Yeah. And that's where um, I had already been talking to Eric of idol champions um, online, you know, on Twitter, like yeah. our, you know, our paths were crossing uh, mm-hmm. on, online and he was, he's just the nicest, most supportive person. So I Eric, I lo- and I'm not just saying that because I'm on a stream or he's been on the show. I genuinely love that man. He is such good people. Yeah. I, I mean, just the fact that I have a show based on, you know, just all of these things is just mm-hmm. a testament to that because uh, we met there um, and, you know, just had really good conversations and stuff. And they recreated Waterdeep in. Oh, I remember watching it. Oh, my God. Yeah. It, so it, listeners, had... if you haven't seen the if you haven't seen the stream of many eyes, I know they're announcing a book you already know full well about. Go back and watch it because it's some of the most amazing live in-person content I've ever seen. If you ever yeah. wanted to see the size of a walking statue of Waterdeep's foot compared to B. Dave Walters, you can see that. <laughs> yeah. And they did the the um like the LARP adventure kind of thing yep. that B. Dave was in. And like I don't have to watch the video. I was in the room with it. Just kind of oh like, Oh my God. This, these people are amazing. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and so one of the nights, you know, I'm nervous as heck to be there. And if you don't follow and know Obo crazy, Lauren urban. Oh yeah. yeah. I, I messed up her name because for some reason I didn't think it was pronounced oboe and said oboe or whatever on the stream. Oh, and felt I simply that. embarrassed. If there's anyone you don't need to feel embarrassed in front of, it's Lauren. But I was actually saying that to anyone listening at oboe crazy on Twitter, the nicest person. And, and she was just super supportive, super good. And we were outside uh, doing the pancake art. They also had the uh, the Sirens of the Realm uh, mm-hmm. podcast uh, or streaming show. They were doing like songs and performances outside. Um, and then Lauren did oboe music uh, outside mm-hmm. too. So we, you know, we started talking a little bit. And here's a sentence I get to say. Lauren, myself, Dylan, and Hunter Hughes had like a two-hour hangout in the Yawning Portal. Oh my god! Uh huh. Oh my god! Just sitting in the tavern, <laughs> un- unwinding from the day's craziness. It, it was amazing. such a fun time. But it was that was how I kind of was able to get that like, oh, these are my people, my community, my you know, yeah. like we're the 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 people who just find that connection to just be who we want to be and do these magic spells and live lives and you know, hit a million times if you're a monk. <laughs> you have haste. Um, and so, I mean, it was just cemented like, okay, this is, 
this is where I want to make my mark. And so I, I can't I can't quite remember how long was it between there and getting Griddle Champions? Because I know you said that like you and and Eric were crossing paths there, but like I, I've I've heard the story from Eric's side, uh, uh, you know, off show where it, like essentially he left work on Friday and they weren't talking about a new stream, and then Monday he came in and was like, I want to do a pancake stream, and everybody went, what? <laughs> it, it's okay. That exact situation, a day earlier in a DM, it was not a, there was no like conversation like, Hey man, I really wanted to, it was just, um, you know, cause it's just, we were always still, uh, online connected, you know, there was still, yeah. it wasn't just like, Oh, it was a fun event, but there was no like professional anything that, mm-hmm. that had continued to go on. Um, I did an Iris pancake at the stream of many eyes that was really okay fun. And, um and yeah it was just um really it was it was the beginning of of the lockdowns that was that was happening it was you know i had actually taken time away when things were getting really bad uh, so it, you know i had stepped away and i was just kind of like i had a five-month-old kid at the time mm-hmm. and i just wanted to keep family safe learn more before uh just trying to like oh well i'll just go and go out to work and go and yeah walk amongst um and so you know i was super stressed out and i got a dm from eric that was basically like hey i had this idea for um for a stream and we basically talked to it like i want to do pancake art where we will announce who our boosted champions are for the weekend and you'll make pancakes of them and people will try to guess who they are while you're making them. And then, and this and that, and, and it was like, we'll put, well, you know, we, we had like a contract for 10 episodes and it was like, think of this as season one. And if you want to, <laughs> if we want to expand it, it's all about how people interact with it, how people like it. I had never streamed before. Mm-hmm. My setup was not equipped for it. And mm-hmm. I, I was just like, I was like, okay. It's like, okay, well, how about Friday? We'll do a test run. I was like, that's too soon. Oh my gosh. Everything. <laughs> um, but I, I got everything together. Cause the thing is, I know pancakes. Yeah. So, so, okay. I'll, I'll give it a shot. I'll do it. And uh, honestly, I was like, cool. 10 and done. It's going to be fun. But like, who's going to want to sit for two hours to watch me make pancakes. Lots of people enter. <laughs> My forever best friend and Canadian uh, support friend. Was that the thing that's going on? Like, find, uh, Yeah, that works. Uh, well, it was like a, from elections times. They're like, find Uh-oh. you a Canadian support. I had a few people <laughs> reach out because of our show, but Sean was there too. And, um, you know, you work with people in life and you get friendships from mm-hmm. work. And there are some people you connect with pretty quick. That happens during our introduction to each other, which was our test run. Like it mm-hmm. just, we clicked and found our sync immediately. Perfect. Like you can go back through our episodes and watch. Sure. There's like the progression of these guys know more what they're doing, but the yeah. one thing I don't think you'll ever be going is like, man, these guys really didn't have that chemistry, right? You know, you really see the Mm. chemistry built. Like, we just had it. Um, I love it. And he knows the game. He is uh, the perfect, you know, and he does all the treble tickets. So 
you know, we yeah. kind of got to have that mix of, you know, this and you know, people would ask questions like, hey, this is going on and all that kind of stuff. But then also there's this, this, this concept of like, I believe that we were the first Idol Champion stream that wasn't like about game proper. Yeah. Um, that didn't have and, the game running on screen. Yeah. Right. And and so, you know, it's about keeping the that focus there because we're doing the champions. We're doing the boost. We're talking about the boost, what mm-hmm. they are. But also, man, it's 10 in the morning and we're making pancakes. So it's also <laughs> just kind of a... And it was during a really, really scary, unknown time yeah. that we started. So we just were like, the the way the way I've described your show is uh, the way I've described your show to people is it's a it's a podcast with something visually interesting going on instead of just two people talking to each other. Yeah, like it, it, I I think that's like the best way I've found to describe it. And I'm like you'll you'll want to watch it, but you'll also want to listen to it. <laughs> Yeah, like this one, like because I'm making pancakes right now, and everyone's getting to see, right? Everyone's yeah. seeing the stuff I'm doing right now. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, he told me exactly. is he says set up your camera and make pancakes while we have this discussion, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> is that not happening? <laughs> and I make all this batter for nothing. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's totally what it is. Is we just and and we've done a few things like the the autumn uh, revel, the little Gary Khan fall event thing where because idol champions was um was one of the sponsors i believe they got like a 30 minute window to have content and they're like let's just do it let's do a griddle champion let's do a let's do like a Mm -hmm. 30 minute show yeah i remember sean and i were kind of stressing about it a little bit but then it just came down he's like we're gonna be in front of a new audience we're gonna be doing this and i was just kind of like dude we're us we do this (laughs) we have Fan cakes. We have fan cams. I am eight. You can. Oh my God. I forgot you go that you had a fan gift. cam. You can go uh, under the gift search and type Griddle Champions and Lee Goldberg. And there's gifts of me now. That's amazing. Like, like, I mean, that's, that's nothing like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. But it's also pretty amazing. It's pretty freaking cool. Especially for a guy like me that like six years ago uh, mm-hmm. was newly homeless. So um, so I was just like, dude, honestly, don't treat it different. It's just you're not looking at people right now. You're looking at me, my forearm, mm-hmm. uh, because my, my Halloween costume for our, our episode the day before Halloween mm-hmm. is we were just about to go on air. So I grabbed a Sharpie and just wrote boo and drew a ghost on my arm. <laughs> Cause that's all people see of me. Um, I love it. Well, we have a joke that if we ever do a live show, uh, that I'll get one of those like green man suits and I'll cut it <laughs> off at the elbow. Oh my God, please. That would get be amazing. hopefully it's something that like people will be okay with i take off uh quickly but as the joke i think it'd be fun Um, that would be but yeah so it's just a matter of we just have a good time hanging out and i think that is how a show like ours can work yeah because it's just i am painting with goop on a hot (laughs) surface 
<laughs> I love if it. You take that too seriously. Mm-hmm. Then, although I will say, if you if you want to see the best pancake I've ever made, and it actually uh, got to be recorded because I was in studio uh, in the St. Louis studio, so we recorded mm-hmm. it. Uh, did like a video production thing for it when Ghost of Salt Marsh was coming out, and they were like, "Oh yeah, we're gonna tease the art for it." I was like, "Oh, didn't you do like a giant thing for it?" I did. I did the cover, the alt cover yeah. of the book. I made that as a pancake, and we are also starting to test our preserving method. So that pancake, that is my best pancake, is preserved and framed, and uh, I believe in Greg Tito's office. Oh my god! I, it I to love it. TwitchCon. But That's it's also awesome. if you go onto YouTube and do Dan Cakes uh, Sahu again, you can watch me make it. It took an hour and forty-five minutes. Nice. And listeners, if you spell Sahugan correctly on the first try, you're you're better than me. Um, let's take yeah. a quick break and uh, and do some champions loot. This is the part of the show where we give out a code for a gold chest and idle champions on any of the numerous platforms that is available on. This week's code is W A I T M I R S V E R B. Put that in, get a gold chest, and uh, take a screenshot of the loot that you get and send it to us at Difficulty Class. We'd love to see what loot and items you're getting to kick evil's butt even better than you were before I read this code off to you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, and for uh, for our DC Spotlight this week, it's go watch Griddle Champions and go subscribe to, to Dan Cake's YouTube channel and all of their stuff that they're doing. Uh, come on. Pancake art is cool. I don't care what I don't care what you think. If you've never seen it, you you don't think it's cool because you haven't seen it. If if you're sitting there, it's like I don't know about pancake art. You're wrong. I want you to know that from the deepest <laughs> yeah. part of my heart. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, uh, definitely go check out. If if you're listening to this the day it, it goes live and is before 10 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. You can still have time to go check out Grill Champions today. Uh, if not, check them out every Friday, 10, p- uh, 10 a.m. I almost said 10 p.m. Make pancakes 10 p.m. <laughs> 10 a.m. Pacific on uh, twitch.tv slash CNE games. I'm getting better at saying that now. Um, and, uh, and and hang out with with them and see some amazing pancake art get made. And occasionally, once uh, you know, if you go back in the archives, you can see my face made out yeah, of it. Yeah, on YouTube, uh, it's I I figured maybe, but on YouTube, um, Griddle Champions, uh, mm-hmm. all of our episodes are on YouTube. And I'm yep. at Goldberg three three seven on yes. uh, Twitches or Twitter and uh, Instagram and stuff. Yeah, so de- definitely go follow him. Go check out all those shows and uh, and have some fun. Uh, but we're going to do a topic now that we talked about a little bit beforehand uh, that that you came up with, which was it was embracing flaws. And like recently, I, I had a conversation on the show with someone about making interesting characters, and we were saying how flaws and whatnot are part of what makes a character interesting. But yours specifically was embracing the flaws, and I really liked that angle. Embracing Um, the flaws and mechanical flaws, not just like, here's a quirk that I need to remember to have a thing as a thing while I'm role playing. It is definitely part that because I love to role play those flaws because I shoot man for so much of my life. I thought I only existed as a flaw. Like Mm -hmm. I would meet someone for the first time. And in my head, I'm like, 
Hi, how are you going? I'm Lee, uh, and I'm sorry for everything that happens next. Oh um, just because I that was that was my, you know, my big thing is just the I, my sense of self worth. My mm-hmm. everyone looks better than me. I still have really bad anxiety to the extent of like have minor attacks if mm-hmm. I have to shop for myself for like clothing. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it, you know, I've grown so much in these years, but it like floods back of just like, yeah. uh, I look terrible in this kind of a thing. So, um, so I have lived with and adapted my flaws. I mean, like earlier when I talked about having a kind of malleable uh, personality to where I can connect with people really well, you would think of that as something that is like, oh, well, that's something that that's a strength is being able to kind of make those adjustments. Well, that's just how I turned one of my greatest flaws and mm-hmm. uh, not only flaws, but uh, um, just like a negative self thing of I, when using, had to be like a chameleon so that I could, in my eyes, not get beaten up by you, not be, you know, that kind of thing is like, I will mm-hmm. make me who you want me to be so that insert whatever terrible thing doesn't happen to me happens. Mm-hmm. So, so part of it is taking a flaw or taking something that is seen as a weakness and, and, and turning that maybe even into a strength and just mm-hmm. um, like, I, I love it when uh, there is like, Oh, and if you're in the vicinity of this, uh, you need to make a cons. It's the one time I think I've ever flubbed a role that was like, like, okay, what did you get? And I, I flubbed it because I wanted to fail and I just barely succeeded. Oh, you, you, the player flubbed it to fail. Yeah. Because it was I like, I love that hallucinations were going to take you at random times and, and this and that. And I had, uh, I had an Eladrian, my last character uh, was an Eladrian swashbuckler rogue. And I had uh, talk with my DM about, because the whole thing is like their seasons change and their mm-hmm. their things change and things like that. Their, their personality changes within the season kind of thing. And ours was like, instead of it being after a long rest, you can, it was, I pretty much can interchangeably switch my seasons when the time permits, like when it, mm-hmm. when it works. And so like my, uh, my summer season, I was aggressive and, more in for a fight and I, I even had uh in our uh party one of the characters like we came in as really good friends and he knew me really well and so if i was kind of like ah like we gotta fight these guys i was like i don't know it's, it's not really i don't have a stake in it he knew certain ways to activate my summer uh trend where i'd be like yeah you know what let's let's set these guys up <laughs> Okay. You know, and so my character lived in spring, like he was spring, kind mm-hmm. of light, airy, this and that. Um, if he hit fall, fall for him was very much a uh, compassion and um, empathy kind of a thing. So, you know, if we went to a town, and because he was a fly by the seat of his pants, but if we went to a town where everything was like just decimated from the people that 
ravaged and left and things like that and we're hunting these bandits i mean if i had a gold in my pocket i'd give it to you know so it was mm-hmm. like kind of that like i might give too much of what i had and mm-hmm. i had talked to my dm basically i was like look if something happens that brings him into winter that's not going to be good for anyone like mm-hmm. um one of the swashbuckler things is like basically um if you like melee with someone and then like leave you don't even have to disengage they they can't attack you like there's no opportunity attacks against yeah. you um well our kind of thing was like he moves in such a malaise and doesn't care enough that like just deactivate that ability if they take an opportunity attack they get it oh wow um, you know because he was a speed guy so he's not moving at his speed you know like that kind of stuff like i don't care if i might get fucked up because i'm in a a really fun character driven moment i Mm -hmm. hate having no negative modifiers on a stat i hate when it's charisma i hate if my (laughs) charisma is low like my monk had really low charisma um and it was just hard because i'm a chatty guy and i like Mm -hmm. like okay we gotta fight for this town we gotta do this it's like my dm was like i really liked what you said and how you said it buddy you've got advantage i'm like cool roll minus two nope (laughs) yeah no the the i i i do i do enjoy when someone with a negative charisma or a low charisma even still tries to to say something or do something uh, speechwise or something charismatic. And the reason why I enjoy that even because, because what, okay, I'm saying this and it's going to sound like to the player in my group that I'm targeting them. I'm not targeting you. <laughs> I'm just saying how I feel about this. It's fine in our game. I don't care. But like, I, one of the things that does irk me is when it's, uh when someone with a low score is like, oh, I've got an idea to say this, or they have their character say, they're like, oh, but my stat's not good. Could they roll it? Could they have said it? I'm like, here's the thing. You can still try. Like, that's the whole reason dice exists, is you can still try. And like, I'm not good at drawing in real life. This is not, I'm not, not a character. I, that, that'd be a weird flaw. Um, I'm not good at drawing, but I still try, even though I suck at it. And so you can still try to do something even if your your numbers i put bunny ears on that uh even if your numbers aren't great and i think it's more interesting to your character to do that but then there's also to that point is i want to do this but i know charisma is not my bag well you want to do it it's a thing you want to do but you know what your strengths are how can you make that work for your strengths? Um, Essentially, like asking the meta question, how can I get advantage on this, but without straight up asking your DM that? Or, or frankly, not even just advantage, but changing the role. Change it to, I yeah. mean, okay. So oh, I, okay. I want to convince you to follow me into battle. You would think that's a persuasion, right? Well, what if my convincing you to follow me into battle is maybe showing you how good I am at fighting? Like, oh. like I'm a dexterity fighter. Like, you should follow me into battle. Why would I follow you into battle? Give me a knife. I'll show you. You know, like. I like that. So, so then I'll be like, hey, here's my idea. 
can I show them why with a, mm-hmm. a dexterity rule? Now, if you wanted to sort of meet in the middle sort of a thing, you could reduce uh, the dexterity. Uh, like you could, you could raise the number or yeah. reduce the modifier to it. Uh, if you wanted to try, but that's like, still, okay. I, I, See, and I and for me being the DM, I would just give you the the normal role. It's just switched over because I love that idea. Because yeah, like like just think about in movies where it's like the you know the the you know the person that doesn't say a lot just does something to show that they can do it. And everyone's like, all right, I'm sold. Like I, I I like that idea of doing doing it in your character's way. I really right. do like that. Well, and, and it's there's an episode of Griddle Champions where Sean and I even have a bit of an argument, and I think that I think the the fan cakes were against me on this too. But <laughs> I want a fighter that uses intelligence as their stat, like as their fight role. Like not it's not as like is it was well, it strength or dex? I want it to be intelligence. Because they okay. know the pressure point. They know the exact, like, I read you so well, and I have studied combat, and I have studied this fight, like, kind of a, oh. a, how Sherlock Oh, I just thought of a way win. to do that. So it's like, like, roll intelligence uh, into your attack. Like, okay, because well, you're coming at me, and I'm going to stab you, but I'm going to stab you in exactly the place that I know is going to make you drop your guard. Like I know how to do the most damage because I'm not going to be faster and I'm not going to be stronger, but I'm going to know when I need to move and where I need to stab to meet you at a point. It's like how Kung Fu works. So, so, so check, I, I know this was a conversation about like the idea of it, but check this out. Cause I, you got my mind working on this. Yeah, so in character, baby, yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. In, <laughs> in Pathfinder, um, there, uh, there is a feint which is basically for a rogue or whatnot is where you make a deception check. And then if they fail that, or if you, if you pass the deception check, then you get a bonus or they're caught flat footed or something like that on your next attack. So imagine if you did have a fighter whose highest stat was uh, intelligence. And basically what it was is you make an investigation check against their AC or something. Mm-hmm. And if you pass that, then you get advantage on the roll. So you still would be using strength or dex as the modifier of damage and whatnot, but you had to be better chance of hitting because of your intelligence. Yeah. I mean, that is definitely cool. And I think that Mm -hmm. would be really fun to play with, but I also think that there is something to be said about your attack roll and damage going off of intelligence going off of your intelligence ooh because, i mean cuz it's your constitution i mean honestly constitution should play more of a part in a lot of the things yeah and it's like uh, with judo someone faster and bigger than you can be coming up on you but you know where to grab where to put pressure and where to twist and yeah. and the thing is like you don't need super great dexterity or strength to make that happen and so if you're if you don't have a negative modifier on those things that's a 10 that is a 10 in dex or strength which is normal person and a normal person moving smartly can still 
like get those hits. Like like part of me like I I'm it's like old man DM where I'm just like no this is the way it's been done for years but I hate that guy um yeah. <laughs> like part of me wants to like, be like oh well that doesn't make sense but the other part of me is like but why doesn't it like why can't it be the intelligence it's literally it like if you had a four in strength and you had a, a versus a four in intelligence if it's going for attack and damage it's literally the same thing the only way it's different is what skills you are better at but that's still for me makes sense i i i gotta be honestly i'm kind of i'm i'm you're getting me on your side the the, yeah, <laughs> the more we talk about because the more your character what if i kind of want my not necessarily dump stat but like i want to be a fighter but yeah. i don't want to use up my shit and my decks and my my strength i want yeah. them to be okay obviously but like what if but, i want but, a charismatic like, smart guy and like I, I could see where like it almost gets balanced out because if you st- if like let's say because you said you like negative numbers like if you had those negative numbers in strength and dex you are you know weaker than most fighters when it comes to not only AC Grapples. but like your skills yeah so it kind of balances it out um that's that's an interesting idea that I don't I've never thought of for that that's really cool um. Yeah. But one one of the things that I did want to bring up here because we're we're going a little long, but it's fine. It's fine. Oh, we're we're having fun talking. I'm a chat. I'm a uh, box. Hey, I love it. I'm having a great time. Um, one of the things that I did want to talk about is that, like not only embracing your flaws and shortcomings mechanically, but you know the the groups as well. Like you know I we always talk about how like we had an, Alan and I did an episode a long time ago about roles in the party and how sometimes that can get kind of tedious or boring where it's just like all right they're the rogue they're always stealthy they're always mm-hmm. the one that's gonna stealth they're all the uh the cleric's always gonna do the diplomacy checks yeah. or we'll know, wait or here we'll wait here while you stealth through this whole building and make sure it's yeah. safe to go yeah yeah like i i like it more when there's situations that cause someone who isn't the best at that to be the one to do it. And instead, and like, I, I kind of wish that most groups, cause don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm guilty of it too, as a player where like most groups would embrace that instead of the fighting so hard to find a way for the best person to be the one to do it. Even though in this situation, they're not the best person. Mm-hmm. Like, like say that there is a human rogue and they're they need to sneak into this cult that is uh just tieflings you have a tiefling fighter who sucks at stealthing and anything like that and maybe but the they can is not pass great. through there way easier than this guy who's gonna have to literally never be seen and right. and then here's here's a way to take that into like how that goes so here's how i'm thinking it you've got a tiefling fighter right one yeah. of the things is they they are uh, students of the sword or whatever combat kind yeah. of thing. So they can measure up their opponent to an extent of, um, I know how they carry themselves. I know how they, mm-hmm. you know, you just, you have an understanding. So you can maybe even forego the role altogether because yeah. you explain why this would work well. And why it lends to your strengths of like, yeah. okay, well, I take a cloak and I mimic the movement. Like, well, how do you mimic the movement? We get a check. Well, 
I'm a fighter. I know how people, I know how people carry their gait, how they uh, mm-hmm. move around, the kind of eye contact they would use, all, all those kind of things. Like think cleverly of why every single person in your party could be the best person for every situation. Yeah. I, I, and I, and I think that has brought out cooler story moments than if it's just the rogue always stealthing through the place to get the thing. It's like, don't get me wrong. Sure. It worked, but like, it just went like how every other one is. And so I find that it not only embracing your character's flaws and whatnot, but you know, allowing the rest of the group's flaws to, to give them a chance to do things that they're quote unquote, not good at doing is brought up way more cooler things in game than just doing whoever's best at it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that that's such a, it just makes it so invite me to play in games, people. I got <laughs> ideas. T- uh, tell you what, uh, yeah, we, we occasionally do, uh, do games on here. Uh, it, I'll, I'll let you know when we're going to do another one. Sure. That, that I'll let fun. my baby know to get, be chill about it. <laughs> that's the hardest thing it's like oh i, I could I, I play a wednesday game uh um, mm-hmm. it's an alien rpg game and kind Ooh. of one of yeah and one of those sort of like i'm giving like my my game mother in this game my game mother has um the gun that will destroy my character and i walk up and just go here's a bullet one of the things that will totally screw me up is this use it as you wish like um my my person was betrayed uh in like a big military thing they did in the past and Mm. uh just so much of like just explosions and ravage like that kind of thing so if there is an explosion even if it's something that's like not gonna be super stressful for normal people it peaks his stress and his it gives him flashbacks of it and so, like, you get stressed die in that game. Yeah. If there is some sort of, like, unexplained explosion or really loud noise like that, it's just a guarantee I'm getting a stress die from it. Like... I like... That's that's interesting. I like that. Like, I or love it, giving it, my DM the tool to be my undoing. Yeah. Well, like, it, I mean, I will say it's a balancing act with it because I've heard some people take something like this too far where it's like instead of just getting that mechanical stress die they're like oh no if this happens they're useless they're on the ground they're in a ball and it's like okay well what are you gonna do in the game now (laughs) like we're still playing a game we're still telling a story and if that's you every time and there's no character development happening with it that's just that's that's taking this in the wrong way. Like, I, I think the main thing that you and I are talking about is not only is it more interesting, but like it can tell more interesting stories. And there's opportunities there's, for development. Like you're talking, yeah. There's opportunities for development. That's yeah, that's, that's my big thing. I love in. character development. Yeah, yeah. Like, like, oh, I noticed that in this fight, something made this character lock up. That's where party dynamics come in because yes. you're not just gonna get over it over time. Like your party needs to show you like, Hey, we have your back or, you know, I do what I can to make sure you're never flanked. Yeah. Uh, and it doesn't always work out. It's not a thing, but like, like it's just this kind of working in tandem with one another and having discussions in game and out of game of like, 
you know, cause some things are a little subtle and, mm-hmm. and, and that's one of those things, but it's like, oh yeah, I just, I think that, you know, I have that conversation. It's like, Hey, I mean, I noticed that, you know, you, you, you seem to always kind of, when you enter a new space, you're, there's a level of fear, uh, you're on razor's edge and this and that. So I just went, I'll, I'll go first. Like having that mm-hmm. discussion in game is kind of like dropping that ticker down to like, okay, I'm at a 10, I'm at a nine. Let's get me lower. Let's get it lower. And then I like it. honestly, with really good like party dynamics, the DM can be like, guess what? Now you get a plus when those rolls kind of a thing, or you mm-hmm. get a plus one to your initiative as time goes on. Like I, like I will give you the weapon to be my undoing. But in turn, here's the other thing that I am good at. And here's some ideas of why I'm maybe, you know, it's like, yeah. I want to have, like in that game where I had the, the Eladrin, like if I went into winter, that's real bad. So he was worked with me on making a little grappling hook thing be really useful. And really like, I, like I basically could Spider-Man around. Um, <laughs> because that's what I wanted to build my character on. Honestly, I wanted to build my character on an immovable rod. Oh, okay. Uh, I stole it. And I stole one in the like first uh, like mission we did. And I went to like a little, like a gnome tinkerer friend. And I was like, you know, he was, he gave me a little bit more wiggle room on how to make this usable. Cause I was like, I'll promise you this. I'll never abuse the power of it. Just, It'll make it'll be part of my character's trait, sort of thing. I like it. But I had like basically I could remote activate and deactivate an immovable rod that was attached to uh, a a cord. So oh, I could okay. Throw okay. the rod and stick it into place and then swing. That's so cool. I love that. <laughs> I really love that. Um, well, I, I I think this is where we're gonna have to, to wrap things up. Sure. Uh, sure. Lee, this has been this has been great. Thank you for being on here. I've Thank had me. I've had an absolute blast talking with you. We're gonna have to do more of this. Heck yeah! Uh, one more time. Where can people find you? Where Where are you on Twitter and social medias and all that fun stuff? Uh, Twitter and Instagram. I'm at Goldberg three three seven. The company is Dan Cakes. Uh, so it's Doctor Dan Cakes on Twitter. Shoot for that one. It's Twitter, YouTube. TikTok, uh, all of the, all the all the socials is Doctor Dan mm-hmm. Cakes, um, and then yeah, just uh, watch Griddle Champions. It's a lot of fun. 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. Pacific. I know the time zones just changed, so I get an extra hour of sleep. That's kind of nice. Hey, but take that into consideration. Come hang out. We talk Idol Champions. We talk life. We talk video games. We talk whatever. And we really like to engage with our chat about just whatever life. Love it. Love it. Uh, well, that is going to do it for this week's show. Once again, Lee, thank you so much for being on here. Uh, if you enjoyed this episode, the best way to support the show is by leaving a review on your podcast service of choice. Those reviews really do help, and five stars is very much appreciated. Thank you in advance. Uh, if you want to keep up with the show, you can follow us on Twitter at Difficulty Class and on Instagram at Difficulty Podcast. If you have an idea for a topic, you have a question, you have a suggestion, anything like that, you can send those into Difficulty Class at gmail.com. We'd be happy to talk with you either on there or here on the show. Uh, But yeah, until next week, have a good game.